Paul here with today's tip to help you pass ACLS. Regardless if a pulseless patient is in a shockable or non-shockable rhythm, as we run a code, we'll consider possible reversible causes of cardiac arrest. To make things a bit simpler to remember than a rote list, the reversible causes are frequently referred to as H's and T's. Hypoxia is one of the easiest reversible H and T causes of cardiac arrest to identify and treat, and is today's pass ACLS tip topic. Listening to a tip daily for a few weeks before your class will help to cement the key concepts needed for you to pass your ACLS written exam and megacode. Push the plus, follow, or subscribe button in your listening app, or activate the pass ACLS flash briefing skill on your Amazon voice device so you don't miss upcoming tips. You can find additional ACLS-related resources at passacls.com. Hypoxia is a state of low oxygen level in the blood. Patients with an O2 sat less than 90% on an accurate pulse ox or a PaO2 less than 80 millimeters of mercury are hypoxic and should be started on oxygen. I know that today's review is about reversible causes to consider during a cardiac arrest, but it should be emphasized that a goal of ACLS is to recognize signs of hypoxia and provide timely treatment to prevent an arrest. For some, as little as 2 to 4 liters of oxygen by nasal cannula and positioning is enough to make a noticeable difference. For more severe cases, mask O2, BiPAP, medications, or providing artificial ventilations with 100% oxygen may be needed to ensure adequate oxygenation. Pre-hospital ACLS providers should follow their local protocols. In-hospital providers should follow their policy, the treating physician's orders, or call for assistance from a specialized code or rapid response team. The use of specialized rapid response teams has been shown to improve patient outcomes by early identification and treatment of deteriorating patients. For now, let's say we have a patient who's arrested. What are some of the things that might lead us to suspect hypoxia as a cause of cardiac arrest, and what should we do about it? First, think of the patient's medical history and signs and symptoms before the arrest. Is the patient asthmatic, have COPD, CHF, or was trapped in a confined space? Was the patient on a pulse ox and known to be desatting? Is there suspicion of narcotics overdose or recent administration of medications known to decrease respirations? Those are just a few examples off the top of my head, and there are many more. If you're not sure what's causing the hypoxia, ask for input from your team. Remember that a pulse ox is not an effective method for measuring oxygen saturation during a cardiac arrest. This is because pulse oximetry relies on adequate circulation through a peripheral capillary bed, and that just doesn't happen during a cardiac arrest, even with the best CPR. A sure way to know if a patient is hypoxic is to get ABGs while ensuring uninterrupted, high-quality CPR. Early in the code, we correct hypoxia by delivering two breaths after every 30 compressions with enough volume to make the chest gently rise. We should use at least 10 liters per minute of supplemental O2 in a reservoir on our BVM to deliver near 100% oxygen concentration to every patient in cardiac arrest. If we're using end-tidal CO2 waveform capnography, 
good CPR should produce a peak wave of at least 10 millimeters of mercury. If the CPR coach, the team leader, or anyone on the team notices that the waveform capnography is less than 10, they should speak up and provide critical feedback to the person doing compressions. If it's been a while, changing compressors may be needed. When teams have enough personnel, it's generally advisable to change compressors every two minutes. Once the patient is intubated or another advanced airway such as an LMA or laryngeal tube airway is placed, we'll begin ventilating the patient once every six seconds with uninterrupted chest compressions and continue delivering 100% oxygen. If blood gases show low oxygenation, we can increase ventilations to 12 breaths a minute by delivering one breath every five seconds. Small changes to the ventilation rate, tidal volume, or O2 concentration can have significant effects on a patient's oxygen, carbon dioxide, and pH. For this reason, we should not ventilate a patient more than 12 times a minute without additional testing that confirms hypoxia or hypercarbia. We must be careful to avoid excessive ventilation, which can actually decrease effectiveness of CPR by increasing inner thoracic pressure. Increased pressure can compress the vena cava, resulting in decreased return of blood to the heart. If you found today's tip on hypoxia as a reversible cause of cardiac arrest helpful, consider giving back via the secure link in the episode description. I'm here to help you pass ACLS. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your class.